Welcome back to Rocky Mountain Marketing. I am so excited to bring you a new feature of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I am going to be sitting down with my business bestie, Kendra Swalls, once a month to bring you some of our insights to running our own businesses and some of the struggles that we've faced along the way. All right, guys, we are back with another Business Besties episode. I'm Kendra Swalls, your resident mompreneur business coach, and I'm here with my business bestie, Katie Brinkley. Hello, I am Katie Brinkley. I am a social media strategist, and I've been helping small business owners, entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants with their social media strategy for 18 years now. Gosh, I always feel so old whenever I say that intro. I need to think of another way of saying that, Kendra. (laughs) Just say for two decades. It just makes you that sound even, even more older. Like I know. <laughs> you started when you were 10. It's fine. I, um, I came out of the womb doing social media. That's what there I you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so we thought in honor of Mother's Day coming up that we would talk a little bit today about being a mompreneur, being a mom, a business owner what that looks like, what that means, how we kind of balance it all and manage it all. And I want to start with just the kind of idea of a mompreneur or a mom boss. There's a lot of kind of chatter on social media, on the internet of like, oh, well, I'm just a boss. I'm just a business owner. I'm not putting mom in front of it sort of negates the fact that I can do all these things. And I have a different opinion as that, but I'm curious to know, Katie, what your thoughts are. Well, the good old Google dictionary describes a mompreneur as a woman who sets up and runs her own business in addition to caring for her young child or children. And I feel like that is a somewhat good definition, but I agree. I feel like it's leaving a lot of information off of what all the additional duties (laughs) are of a mompreneur. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on it, but I definitely feel like the Google is not giving everybody the full scope of what a mompreneur is. Yeah. So for me, I, it's not like I get triggered when people say this. I think the reason that some people have an aversion to that phrase or that term is maybe that they at some point have kind of it's become synonymous with like, well, it's just this little business that you run or it's a hobby. It's not as important. And I look at it and I think, no, if I'm able to do this, that's so true. I feel like when mom more comes out, it instantly is like, I'm a caregiver that's, you know, selling Tupperware products on the side. I don't know if you can even sell Tupperware products from home, but I mean, like, that's kind of what I think of when I hear the word mompreneur, it's almost kind of like a downgrade of what we do. And to me, that's not giving moms enough credit because in my opinion, What I do in addition to running my business, the fact that I have been able to build not one, but two successful businesses while still being essentially a full-time mom and caregiver and running a household, like it's almost like a badge of honor to say like, I'm doing this successfully. I'm doing this well, and I'm doing it as a mom. It's kind of like that. Like I can do all these things and, and do it well in heels. Like it's the same kind of concept and not to downgrade like what men do, but I think it's a different, there's a difference between a man building a business and a mom building a business. And it's not a bad thing. I think, I think it shows that you're capable of doing so much. 
Well, and it's, I feel like it's unfortunately part of the, the gender stereotypes that we've been, men and women have been, have placed upon them throughout time. I mean, it definitely is way more common to have both parents in the workforce now and, and in the workplace, but it's not as common to have the dad or the, the man take a step back when the child is born. I mean, it, you rarely see the mom saying, okay, well, I'm going to go back to the office and provide for this family while you are raising the kids until they're off to school. It, it's very uncommon to see that. And I don't know gender stereotypes, if it's something that unfortunately it's just the way that it is. And I don't know how really to change it, but you're right. We don't say like dadpreneur. It's yeah. entrepreneur, solopreneur. And then we have this mompreneur kind of hybrid role. And I think that, like you said, it definitely makes me think, well, wait a second. Why, why aren't we kind of giving dads their, their due diligence of, of having that space of they wanted to stay home. I guess they could, but we do have all the things it's kind of, it's just thought like, okay, you're going to have kids. Well, you'll probably stay home with them. Right. As, as a woman. Yeah. And that's one of the things like, I kind of want to change, you know, not that like, I'm saying like, I'm one person. I mean, I know one person can make a change, but like, that's part of what I want to do is I want to help change the social perception around the term like mompreneur, because Mm -hmm. I heard it said once, I can't remember where I heard this, but it was some celebrity saying, and she was like, she was one of my biggest pet peeves is my husband and I, they're both actors, actresses. She's like, we would walk the red carpet and he would walk, you know, a little bit ahead of me in line or I'd be talking to reporters. And the reporters always say, look, how do you do it all? How do you balance mom life and work life? And she's like, I finally got to the point where I said, did you ask my husband the same question? Because like, why wouldn't you ask him that question? Why are you asking me that question as the mom, as the woman in the, in the relationship? If you're going to ask me, ask my husband too. How does he balance the same job that I have and the same kids that I have, but nobody's asking him that question. And that was one of the things where I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty, because my husband's never been asked, not once, like, oh, how do you balance, you know, having kids and working and, or, you know, when he was working from home a little bit, he was there, nobody asked him, how are you handling working from home with your kids? Because it wasn't, it's not something that's kind of built into our culture to think about. Mm-hmm. It's, they asked the woman like, oh, how are you able to do all those things? And that's why I'm like, because I feel like mompreneur. Well, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> we can grow human beings within our bodies. It's, it's pretty amazing. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. But that's why I think mompreneur should be a badge of honor and something we're proud of because it shows that we are capable of doing all the things and doing them really well and really successfully. I 100% agree. And I think that as a a mom, I left my corporate job, but it, it wasn't by choice. Um, I, my position was eliminated, but once I found my own kind of space with my business, I still was building the business around my kids' schedules. And it really wasn't until my oldest was in school full-time that I had the opportunity to be like, okay, let's see what I can do with this business. And it's like, if I would have had the time or the capabilities of just being able to build my business after my corporate job ended, who knows where the business would be or how much faster we would have gotten to where we are now. But I think that as a, as a mompreneur, we ha- there's so many things that we are responsible for doing. And I think that we're really good <laughs> as mompreneurs of figuring out how to be efficient. I know yes. 
that I have a certain amount of time to get things done because I want to be able to pick up my kids from school. And I know that it takes this long to get this task done. So I have to be extremely punctual and on track with my project that I'm currently working on. And I'm sure, you know, as a fellow mompreneur, what do you think is the biggest asset that us mompreneurs have? Is it it our efficientness or... Yeah, I think it's like the time management piece, like, and then it's the ability to kind of, and I don't even like the word multitask really, because I feel like multitask means you're spreading yourself too thin, but the ability to switch from one thing to another really quickly, like, and I've seen this within like my you know workplace when I was teaching, we would have, you'd have to switch from like, okay, this is happening to this is happening to this is happening. And you would have, again, not to try a stereotype, but you'd have male teachers or substitutes that would come in. That was something they kind of struggled with. They like want to put everything in its own little box and have it be compartmentalized. Whereas I'm like, no, 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 everything's in one big box. It's all jumbled up. And you got to be able to go from X to Y to B to you know G in like a heartbeat. And so for me, that's always been one of the strongest assets of being a mompreneur is that I can be efficient with my time, but I can also switch back and forth really quickly. So I know that like, okay, my kids are going to be home at four o'clock. So I'm going to get as much done as I can until four o'clock. But then once they're home, we kind of have this hour and hour and a half of downtime before our evening activities start. And I can be fixing them a snack and checking an email message, or I can be, I can go from like snuggling with them on the couch for a few minutes and helping them with homework to getting my podcast episode edited and uploaded. Like I can do things pretty quickly and I can switch back and forth. Whereas I think that for people who aren't dealing with children or parent life, that's something they have to really worry about too much. It's like a skill you kind of establish once you have kids. I know that one of the things that helped me with my efficiency was setting aside certain times. So in addition to realizing how long it took me to do certain projects and certain tasks. Um, I want for one, I had no idea how long I was spending with my podcast. Uh, you know, I was like, Oh, I just recorded it. It's an hour a week. But after writing, writing the description and uploading it and getting, I was doing the editing. <laughs> so I'm doing all of those things added up to like six hours a week. So I had to track my time to realize what I was efficient in and what really was kind of a giant time suck on my end. I don't know if there's anything that, that you found that's kind of been similar. Yeah. I mean, for me, a lot of it, the podcast was a big one. Like it was, like you said, like you think, oh, it's just one like 40 minute episode a week. Like how long could that take? But then, yeah, you go in, you got to make the graphics and you got to upload it and you got to create, like I send an email each week to go along with the episode. Like that all takes time. And I will say like, for me, a lot of it too, is a matter of the longer you are in business and the the more proficient you become with things, they do happen faster. So like, I know when I first started my podcast, I mean, it would take me two hours to record a 30 minute episode because I kept trying to go back and like pause and redo a section. And now I'm just like, it is what it is. Now, if I need to edit, I can't afterwards. (laughs) But it's the same thing, like just with podcasting really fast, Kendra, I mean, like that was one of the things for me too. I was like, I can't have an, um, in there. I can't have an, uh, what about that weird pause? And I going back, I'm like, I really didn't need to edit all that stuff out. And I think it makes you 
more relatable. I mean, we all have those awkward pauses and that's, it allows the listener to really become more connected with, you know, if I was sitting here and, um, um, uh, uh, then maybe do some editing, but I, I love that you stopped editing, but continue your thoughts. Sorry to do. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, no, 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 absolutely. No. And I think that's a big part of it too, is, you know, talking about like becoming more efficient as a mom. I think that is a lot of it is you, for me, okay, I'll kind of give like a little side story. For me, one of the biggest light, like lessons I learned when I became a mom was that things are not going to be perfect. Like my house is not going to be perfect anymore. My child is not going to be perfect all the time. They're not going to look perfect all the time. I like family like dinners at night or like nothing is going to be what you see on Pinterest. Let's just be real. Like that's <laughs> not happening. And the same concept applied to my business was that like, okay, so that email I forgot to like add the link to the button. Oops. I'm going to go back and resend another email saying, oops, sorry. Like how many times have we seen people do that? Like forgot to add the link to that email. It's not the end of the world. Or if I put out a post on social media and I have a misspelled word, or I forgot to put a a period at the end of the sentence or whatever, like my husband likes to proofread all my stuff after I've already posted it, which is not helpful. But I just, I've learned that like, I might have actually done that. It's not going to be perfect. (laughs) You have a little bit, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I need, I need that in my life sometimes, but I've learned that it's okay if it's not perfectly polished and edited. And that's not just for podcasts. It's for my business in general. Yeah. Well, and I think that setting aside the time of realizing how long certain things take is huge uh, with your business. And whether you are an entrepreneur, a mompreneur, a dadpreneur, whatever, knowing how long things take you is essential. And, And one of the biggest things you and I have talked about this before, Kendra, is you know, we're both Enneagram sevens. And I think that we like right now I'm just looking and I have maybe nine different browser windows open on my computer, uh, like just on the Safari page that I've got chats over here. There's so many distractions. And one of the things that's helped me be more efficient is this little box. Uh, so for those who are watching on the YouTubes, you can see what I'm holding up, but it's this little timer box and it has 50, you can hear it clicking. Uh, it has 10 or 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes. And I flip the box over to say like, okay, how long am I going to spend going down the rabbit hole? That is my emails. I, it's time for me to clean them up. I'm going to put a 16 minute timer on. And if I still can't finish up my emails in that amount of time, then I have got a problem. But I, That's what I do is I set aside these time blockings for me so that I can be more efficient with all the different aspects of my business. Yeah. I love that. And I know we've shared that on a live before, and I had tons of people that asked me about that. So we'll make sure to try to share that link either in the show notes or over on social media, because that little cube is super helpful. And even if you don't want to buy a cube, you know, you can still like setting a timer on your phone, setting a timer you know, I have like a little Amazon echo dot in my office that I play music through. I can set timers through her. Like there's all these different ways you can kind of set these boundaries for yourself so that you are like blocking off that time. And I think another like thing that has helped me is having sort of a shutdown time at the end of the day. Like I mentioned, like my kids get home at four o'clock. I do my best to be done with all of the major works things by four o'clock, because I want to, when they get home, I want to be able to like help them with homework, talk about their day. Like we usually go straight into sports or art classes or whatever activity we have for that evening. And so I don't want 
you know, my day to bleed over. Now, when I had my little one at home with me still, that was a little more flexible. So you have to know like the season that you're in and give yourself grace. But I think also like protecting that family time and allowing yourself permission to protect that family time and say like, I don't have to be working 24 seven to be successful in my business. Mm-hmm. I can still have like an eight 30 to three 30 kind of time frame. Or if you have a kid at home, maybe it's 6 30 to eight o'clock in the morning. And then you have like nap time from noon to two and then whatever in the evening, mm-hmm. but making sure that when you do take that time for your family, that you're kind of allowing yourself to really disconnect. Yeah. I love that. And the disconnection is something that's extremely important. And it was hard for me when as a mompreneur that was at home, working from home with small children there, it was hard for me to disconnect and to find the time to focus on my business. And then also time to focus on my family because I was trying to do both of them at the same time. I was working. The only way I was able to do it was by working at eight o'clock after both my kids had gone to bed. And I was working from like eight to midnight. And that was not a great quality of life for me. I mean, cause I was still getting up at six. Say, then your husband probably didn't love that a whole lot either. No, no, he didn't. I mean, like I, I'd be sitting on the couch working on my laptop. We'd have some show or the, the game on. And then he'd be like, all right, well, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. And it was, it was hard on us, I, the whole family, but I, I didn't know how to really separate that time. And that's where having that separation of work and home is really important. And and that's again, for those watching on the YouTubes, that's why I'm in here. That's why I have a co-working space. I'm gosh, Kendra, I wish I was strong enough to be able to just shut that door and go to work. But I, at the home office, I'd be starting to do laundry and then I would just quickly Mm -hmm. unload the dishwasher and, oh, well, I'm going to get the mail. Now the neighbor's out there. So hi neighbor. And I was not the few hours that I had every day or the, during the day to get work done while my, maybe my mom was watching the girls or they were at an event or they were taking a nap. I wasn't maximizing that time. You know, I, I was doing yeah. all the other house things. Yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest like struggle I hear from moms a lot is how frustrated they are, especially when they have kids at home with that phase of life of like, I want so badly to have the time to build my business. And I don't because I've got kids at home. They need me. I can't just, you know, especially if they're real little, I can't just put them in front of a TV or I don't want to do that. Like I want to be present. That's why I'm home with them. And I totally understand that. And so one of the things that I did that was super helpful when I had my little ones still at home with me. And even when I was teaching full time and I would come home, try to like be there for my kid you know, my husband cook dinner, do all the things, but still wanted to have time for my business was my husband. I had a deal that like twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, when he got home from work, he was in charge of dinner that night. And I left and either went to a coffee shop or there was like this little restaurant, not far from our house that had a really great, like little bar area. And I would sit and I'd order like a drink and an appetizer and I'd put my laptop on the bar and I'd just sit and work, or I'd go sit in a booth by myself and order dinner. Like I became very comfortable being the person who like at seven o'clock at night on a Tuesday was in a restaurant booth by myself with my laptop. Like, but even just having those two or three hours twice a week where it wasn't me trying to sit on the couch and watch a show with my husband at night and him getting frustrated because I was working and he wanted my attention. I was like you said, with your office, I had to physically leave my home 
and set those boundaries. And that helped a ton. And even now there are some nights if work gets really busy and I've got a lot going on, I will just say like, Hey, I need one night this week that I can like go sit at Starbucks and get like, knock all of this out. And then the rest of the week or the weekend I'm logging off. And so if you need to do that in order to be able to log off and be able to have like your focus on your family, when it needs to be on your family, then whether it's asking a spouse for help one night a week, asking parents to babysit, hiring a babysitter, trading with another mom who's doing the same thing, like saying like, okay, on Tuesdays, you'll, you know, watch the kids. And then on Thursdays, I'll watch the kids and you can go work. Like there are, I hear people say like, well, I just, I don't have family nearby and I can't afford to hire a sitter. There are ways you can make it work if you really want to make it work. I 100% agree. And it really comes down to, for me, like you said, it, was leaving the house and figuring out how much time certain tasks took me so that I knew, okay, I have two hours that I can spend at Starbucks or at this coffee shop. How am I going to get all of these things that are on my to-do list done? And not by scrolling social media. (laughs) That is 100% accurate. Honestly, like the whole, man, what did they call it? Do not disturb mode that has come out Mm -hmm. from the iPhone. I'm sure that my friends and family are not happy with me, but it has been a game changer for my productivity. When yeah. I get to the office, well, my, my phone turns into to work mode and I only get yeah. certain notifications. I love that. Like when I try to text you in the evenings, it tells me that you have notifications turned off. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to text her anyway, because I have something I want to say, but if you don't respond, I know that that's why. So I think that's a really smart thing that, that iPhone is going to be doing is not just putting it into those focus modes, but like telling people when they try to text you, like, Hey, Katie has notifications turned off. She'll see this when notifications come back on. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not offended when I see it on other people's accounts that they have do not disturb mode turned on. I mean, like it's, it's really helped me with setting aside. Okay. It's work time. And in a world where we are so accessible, I mean, you think about it before the internets, even 15 years ago, Kendra, when, when people left the office, that was it for work for the day. That was it. No, there was, there was no way to answer that email or to quickly get back to somebody or to just check that file. It was what it was. And I mean, while the internet has been great at giving, making us more productive, it's also made us so productive that we're available way more than we probably need to be. And yeah, Yeah. that do not disturb has been a game changer for me. Well, that's another thing I was going to say too, that's like a tip is setting boundaries with your clients too, because I know, for example, when I am doing photography, I don't give out my phone number to just anybody. Like I don't have it on my website. I don't have it on my social. It's it's reserved for the few people that I know need to get a hold of me. And even so, if I give it to a client, I tell them. I'm giving you my number. If you need to get a hold of me before or after our session, that's fine. Just know that, you know, in the evenings, I typically don't check my phone. So if you text me in the evening, I may respond to the next day. And I've never had somebody fire me over that. I've never had somebody be offended by that. Like they understand. And I think a lot of times your clients respect those boundaries and they respect you more for having those boundaries. So don't be afraid to also set those boundaries with your clients so that they know when they can get a hold of you. And they're not feeling like 
and you're not feeling like you're on call 24 seven and they don't feel like they can have access to you 24 seven. I 100% agree on that. And if you're trying to grow a business and you are trying to still, you know, run the family and, and, and you have kids at home and you're, you're, you're a mompreneur, you're a dadpreneur, establishing the boundaries is essential delegation, figuring out how long certain tasks take you figuring out how you can be the most efficient so that you are, when you're at work, you're maximizing your time there so that when you are at home, you can maximize the time with your family. I think that is essential for anyone that's trying to grow their business. Those are some of the most important things as you go along this entrepreneur journey. Yeah. And I think too, like, and I just kind of want to, I'll say this one thing, we can kind of wrap it up, but as we go into like Mother's Day and we've been talking about being moms and, and running a business, just remember that this is not, doesn't have to be the small business that everyone else might look at you as having. Like you get to make this whatever you want and you being a mom is not putting limitations on what you're capable of doing and what the success you're capable of having. I do think that no one can do it all by themselves. So don't be afraid to ask for help, have community around you that it takes a village is a real thing. Like it does take a village and it takes an even larger village if you're trying to build a business as well. But just know that the mompreneur title that you carry is very much a badge of honor. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com, connect with me on LinkedIn, or check me out on Instagram. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.